0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and today I'm joined by a man who is very happy about his uh Indiana Pacers, Ben O'Brien. How you doing today?
1: Trevor, that's a very accurate intro. Um yeah, Indiana Pacers basically already the the twenty twenty four NBA champion. So um they they should probably get start ordering that banner now because um I mean the Celtics, Trevor, I mean the Celtics are losing now. The Bucs got destroyed by whoever this week, so um they, they're uh I don't know I don't know if the Bucks. whatever my point is that the Pacers are gonna win the championship uh it's it's already pretty much a fact I'm not honestly I'm not even worried about the Celtics or the Bucks. I think really it's just the Pacers can't beat themselves there's they're, their only competition is themselves right now so um obviously NBA championship coming to Indianapolis uh very very soon
0: yeah I mean they're looking they're out for blood after that loss in in-season tournament to the Lakers they're out for blood Um, and this trade could really help them. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, but, uh, the Pacers are an interesting team. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, you know, we got a little bit of college basketball to talk about, we'll get to the NBA and then we got a ton of NFL. Um, Brandon is not here today. I think sources are, um, there, there's a lot of theories about there, a lot of rumors about why Brandon is missing today's podcast. Um, one of the rumors that was not started by me. Is that he lost his voice because of how much he was screaming and, and celebrating the ravens yesterday that might be the case, so hmm. it, may, it might have lost his voice what what's your theory about this ben
1: interesting i I just think it's it's hard for me to believe that's true trevor when when he told us that he wasn't even watching the game so um for Oof. for as much as he talks about the ravens i don't the, the, you, you can't even watch a uh divisional round playoff game, and your team's the one seed. I guess, I guess he's just he already assumes that they're going to win the Super Bowl. So to him, the season doesn't really even start until probably like the next the week Bowl. in the AFC Championship <laughs> game. Yeah. So yeah, the season doesn't start until they they get to Vegas in the Super Bowl. So, um, fair enough. I, I I agree with him. I think there's no way they don't win the Super Bowl. So um, I, I respect his his arrogance and his confidence because I'm just as high on the Ravens as he is apparently.
0: Yeah, we will see maybe he'll have even if if they play the Niners, I mean the way that the Niners looked yesterday in the rain and in the way Purdy played, I think Brandon actually is strategically I think this is what he's doing actually. He's in a meeting right now with uh other Ravens fans and they're strategizing yeah. for the, you know, that potential Ravens Niners Super Bowl. He wants to figure out a way to to make it rain even though they're playing in Las Vegas, which is sort of a desert. He's trying to figure out a way where how can we Oh, it's also a dome too, isn't it? Okay. Yes. Yes, which might cause issues. (laughs) So, how can we make it rain so that Brock Purdy has to throw in the rain where he has now struggled in two different games the Browns game earlier in the season? It seems like there's a performance difference with the rain for Purdy. So, Brandon is already thinking about ways to sabotage him.
1: Yeah. Um. Again, typical typical Ravens fan. Always looking for an easy way out over here instead of just you know lining up and, and and beating the team. Uh. That you that you have to go against. He's always looking for a for a way to uh to to take the easy way out. So wouldn't be surprised honestly if I'm Brandon. I, I'm well. Nah. I'm I'm gonna save my take for when we talk about the NFL, Trevor. But I'm working on a take here. I need to start it now to get the ball rolling by the time they win the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the NFL. We can get to other stuff first.
0: Yeah, we will definitely get there, but first we'll go through some college basketball quickly. Um there were there were some good games, not like a fantastic college basketball week, but you know, always stuff to take away. There's a lot of interesting teams I'm I'm noticing that are kind of creeping up um in the top 25, teams that um, some of these teams that I, I have really liked in the limited time I've watched, some other ones are very surprising to me. One of them is Memphis. Now, Memphis is number 10, and they did just lose to South Florida. So they did get upset. Um, they're probably going to fall in the rankings, but climbing all the way up to number two, um, a team in Memphis that has now three losses, um, they've looked very sharp. Uh, this seems to be Penny, Penny Hardaway's best team with Memphis he's had so far. Um, so just again, these are just a couple teams that I'm going to keep a close eye on. Uh, you know, try to watch these teams if you can Memphis, very fun team. And then Utah state, Utah state, a team who, um, you can call them the fighting Sam Merrill's, um, the fighting Nimaeus K whatever you want to call them. Sam Merrill, by the way, killing it over in Cleveland off the bench with the Cavs. Um, and Utah state, they are ranked 16th in the country. They are now 17 and two, um, and they continue to rise up these rankings. They did lose in New Mexico, but it was a road game in New Mexico. I mean, the Mountain West is a pretty tough conference. It's it's not a, a walk in the park. Um, so they did lose in New Mexico on the road, but other than that, Utah State looking really good. They have a really solid team. Um, and they're another team to kind of watch out for. Um, might as well mention this team, Ben. I think we mentioned them last week, but the Dayton Flyers are another team that I'm keeping my eye on here. They destroyed Rhode Island yesterday. They had a good win against St. Louis on Tuesday. Um, they also beat Duquesne on the road uh, recently as well. They're now up to uh, 13-2 and is what I'm seeing here. So Dayton, another team. Um, not like a, I mean, are they mid-major or are they not? I, I don't know. They're in the same kind of ballpark as Utah State here where it's like a, They're they're sort of mid-major, but like, they're clearly a little bit more established. They have a little bit more history than like a complete surprise. So just some teams I'm looking out for here. Ben, uh, I guess I'll ask you what what is kind of what is sticking out to you here? If you're looking at like the top 25 or you're seeing some of these results here over the past couple of weeks, what's really stood out to you about this college basketball season? Well, Trevor,
1: I, I have a couple of things I could say. I'll start with this one. Uh, Trevor, I thought Marquette was supposed to win the national championship. Uh, they're 17th right now, and they just beat <laughs> St. John's by one yesterday. So do, do we have any comments on that? I, I, they seem like they're, they're, they've fallen off since you guys drafted them. It sounds like you guys have cursed them a little bit.
0: No, I, I, am, I will gladly take anyone's Marquette stock. I'm, I'm to, still confident in them. They won both of their games this week, one of which was a home win against Villanova, 13-point win. And then the other one, yeah, it's St. John's and it's a one point win, but it's on the road. It's in Madison Square Garden. Um, I'm I'm cool with that. A win is a win on the road. The Big East is not an easy conference. So I still feel good about Marquette. Um, I They are 17th, but they're going to move up. They'll probably be in the top 15 come Monday. I still feel good about Marquette. Are they going to win the championship? I don't know. Again, like I, it's kind of tough. I think there's a lot of teams up at the top, but Marquette to me is still a top at least top 10 team, if not top five, I, I think they had a bad spell, but I think they're going to get back on track now.
1: All right, Trevor, I just, I just wanted to make sure cause you, you two are very high on Marquette and it seems like they, uh, they're, they feel the little, the feel the uh, pressure that you guys are putting on them. So it seems like they're getting a little nervous up there in Wisconsin, but, uh, that's one thing that I noticed is just how they, I mean, they were a top whatever team on point. It seems like they've, I mean, obviously they've only, they've only lost a couple games. It's not like it's the end of the world, but, um, That was just something notable. The other thing that I've been noticing, Trevor, the last week or so, um, because I'm not a UC fan or anything, but I've watched a couple of their games. The Big 12, Trevor, is just ridiculous. And I know this is nothing new. We say this every year. But it is insane. I mean, the gauntlet of teams that you have to play in the Big 12 is absolutely wild. Um, and when you look at, like, the standings for the Big 12, Trevor, I mean, other than Oklahoma State, who's 0-5 in the conference, like, TCU is second to last right now. And they're two and three in the conference, and they're, they're still a ranked team. And they just beat whoever, somebody good, like a, a couple weeks ago. So um, just a brutal, a brutal conference. I mean, your Mountaineers, West Virginia, just beat Kansas yesterday. So um, I, I'm very, very excited to see, one, how this conference shakes out in the regular season, but also um, what the Big 12 tournament looks like, because I think there's like 10 teams that I could see winning this conference tournament. Um, I know we say this every year and it ends up being Kansas, but Kansas has obviously shown some weaknesses this year within that conference. Um, so the, the, as strong as the big 12 is, it, it has always been, it's, it seems like it's very, very deep this year. Um, I don't think there is one team way above everyone else. Like we've seen typically with Kansas Kansas is still very good, but um, again, I don't think that gap is massive. And, and I, I think you could see a lot of those teams in the NCAA tournament come March.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned the big 12, the big 12 right now has um, let me count one, two, three, four, five. They've eight ranked teams that is crazy one two three yeah the big 12 has eight ranked teams right now absolutely nuts um I was going to mention a couple of the games that stood out to me from the big 12 um you already mentioned one of them West Virginia beating Kansas obviously I like that result now West Virginia is not very good this year they're 7-11 they've they've not been a good team uh, I don't. I I highly doubt. Well, actually, no. They're certainly not making the tournament. They already have eleven losses. Um, they're not making the tournament. But good win there against Kansas. Always love beating the Jayhawks. Always always love it. That's probably the most joy I get out of a win. I know, like in the past, when the West Virginia was in the Big East, the rivalry, the big one was Pittsburgh. Um, and beating Pittsburgh yeah. was like a really good win. Now being in the Big Twelve, it, it's it's interesting because West Virginia's very much separated from uh, you know all of these other teams now I mean now since he's in there so I guess they're kind of close to Cincy both former Big East teams but they're so separated it's kind of like it feels like they don't really have any rivals anymore but for me there's so much joy I get out of them beating the Jayhawks uh, of Kansas so like that one the other one I was going to mention was Iowa State beating TCU winning at TCU A really good win for Iowa State both these teams were ranked in the top 25 so that was probably I think uh, probably the best game yesterday maybe the best game of the week it's definitely up there Um, so good win for Iowa State there and yeah the Big 12 like you said it's going to be fun to see how this conference shakes out a lot of big upsets West Virginia just beat Kansas Um, you know we had UCF who beat Kansas Uh, Houston lost to TCU last week so yeah a lot of big upsets and it's going to be you know, so entertaining to follow this conference, but um that's pretty much all I had. I mean, I guess we can take a little shot at Duke here. Duke got upset by Pittsburgh <laughs> this week um yesterday yeah. actually at so, home too at oh. home too, so that's not a good loss um against Pittsburgh, so we can take a little shot there. Anything else you wanted to mention in college basketball, Ben?
1: I just have a question, Trevor, because there's a, there's a team that um is always good, but but I feel like I haven't heard anything about them this year, and it seems like they're, they are, as they usually are, a legit national championship contender, and that's Kentucky, Trevor. Um, they, obviously, they just beat a, a really good Georgia team yesterday in a super high-scoring game, but um, Kentucky's a top-10 team. They only have three losses. They, they're, you know, they're whatever it is, 4-1 in the SEC. I feel like I've heard nothing about them this year, and that, that just seems abnormal to me for, for as, as good as they've been this year, a top-10 team. I feel like I usually hear a lot more about, about what, what Cal's doing down there in, in Lexington. So, Trevor, do you have any insight for me about the Kentucky Wild Tats? Because I don't know anything about that team this year.
0: I, I, in the, I've watched Kentucky, I think, two or three times this year. I really like them. I think they're no doubt a top 10 team, at least, if not top five. They're, as always, very talented. But I think this team, you know, I, I, all, all Kentucky teams are talented. And then for some reason they usually have disappointing endings. They maybe lose early in the tournament. I don't. I mean, again, anything can happen in March. Anything can happen in the tournament. So I'm not gonna sit up here and say, "Oh, Kentucky's definitely not gonna lose early in the tournament this year." They they might. They might lose early in the tournament again. But <laughs> I I like this team. I really like this team a lot. Um, I like their guard play. Reed Shepard, um, the freshman guard along with uh Rob Dillingham. Both of those guards, I really liked watching. I think they're smart players. Um, Reed Shepard's a good shooter. Dillingham is a really good slasher, super quick. A little bit, a little bit like De'Aaron Fox. Not going to say he, you know, not at all saying he's going to be the same pro as De'Aaron Fox, but he's his play style is a little bit like it. Um, so he's super fun to watch. And then uh, they have other guys. They ha- do have some experience. Tony Reeves is a senior. Um, just looking here. Other than that, uh, Trey Mitchell's a senior, um, and then they even have, like, G.J. Wagner, who, who I think has been a little up and down, but overall, you know, is definitely a talented player. So I like Kentucky. I think if I'm, like, talking about, like, the national title contenders, they're in the top, like, six to eight, for sure, I think, for me. Um, looking at, like, UConn's obviously one of those teams, Purdue's one of those teams. Um, I think, I still think Marquette's one of those teams. I think Kentucky's one of those teams. And then maybe outside of that, maybe like a Kansas or a Tennessee. Um, I wouldn't put Houston in that conversation, personally, from what I've seen, um, despite their record. I don't think they're quite as equipped this year. But those are some of the teams I'm looking at. Maybe even Arizona, although Arizona hasn't been quite as good lately. But I still think Arizona's probably in there as well. Um, But those are just some of the teams I would mention as far as overall, but yeah, I, I guess the point is, is that I really like this Kentucky team.
1: Okay. It's just, I, I haven't heard much about them this year. And then all of a sudden I, I was, I was looking at their scores yesterday. And I'm like, they're, they're a really good team. And I feel like for Kentucky, I, I usually am, am being thrown all this, all this Kentucky information by the media. And I just haven't seen a whole lot of them. Um, so I was just curious. It seems like, it seems like they're, and you just, you just uh, confirmed that, that they seem like they're a pretty legit team.
0: Yeah, I I think I I mean they have been a little uncovered this year overall, but yeah, um I think they're really solid. Um, but next up here we have a couple quick topics in the NBA. Uh, we will start um with uh the trade here. Um, if I can get it pulled up, but we had Pascal Siakam being traded to the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, so he goes to the Pacers which is, I think, really good for the Pacers. I actually like this a lot. Um, I think mostly just because I think it fits what the Pacers need. The Pacer team that they already can score with the best of them. They have some really solid uh, shooters. They have, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton running the show. I think getting a, a bigger wing that can be a really good defender, you can put them on the opposing team's best player, especially like looking at some of these teams that they might play in the playoffs, like a Boston Celtics who's guarding Jason Tatum be- before they had Siakam. I don't know who that guy would have been, but now he's the answer. If they play the Miami heat, who's guarding Jimmy Butler? It's going to be Siakam. Um, you, I mean, you can k- keep going down the line, like guarding, uh, like who's guarding Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs. Who's guarding um, like Tyrese Maxey. I mean, I, I don't know if Siakam would necessarily guard Maxey, but, I think that those are questions that they need to think about if they want to be a a real threat at all in the Eastern Conference. And I like the Pacers getting Siakam. I think it helps them. They did give up Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, and three first-round picks to the Raptors. So, you know, ultimately, I think it's probably a win-win for both teams. I think for the Raptors, uh, I think it took them a little too long to you know, try to do this rebuilding, but now they have done it. And I think this is pretty good value for Siakam getting three first round picks. Granted, I think now it's sort of safe to assume that the paces are going to be pretty solid. These picks are all probably, you know, early 20s, maybe late teens um, at best for them. But I still think it's pretty good value. Bruce Brown is someone who they might be able to flip uh, to a contender because I think Bruce Brown is someone we saw it last year on the Denver Nuggets. He helped them, was a key role player in their championship run. Could the 76ers offer a first round pick for Bruce Brown? Could the, um, I don't know the Sacramento Kings offer something for Bruce Brown. Maybe. So I think this is still not completely done for the Raptors. They could flip Bruce Brown for another first round pick maybe. Um, but those are just some of my thoughts. Um, Ben, did you, did you have any thoughts about this trade? Uh, what did you think about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, Siakam's got to get used to, to kind of being second fiddle to Obi Top, and I think, I think he'll, he'll get used to the, to the, to the, the uh, role that, that he's going to be in Indianapolis, which is anytime Obi needs a break, throw Pascal in there for a couple minutes and then bring out the real star again. Um, so I think that'll be a tough adjustment for Pascal Siakam, but I think he can give a solid 10 minutes off the bench each night. Um, in reality, though, I mean, obviously I'm joking. He's, he's a good player. I do think, like, the Pacers... Of course, they they obviously have had Tyrese Halliburton, who's been you know an all all league player this year. But um, I it seemed like, and I haven't watched a lot of them, but even in like that in that NBA Cup run that they made, it seems like they were kind of just maybe one you know one legit all league player away from being a, a really really good team. And I'm not saying they're gonna win the NBA championship. I, I'm aware that the Celtics still exist and the Bucks still exist, but it seems like they they needed kind of another piece because they have good pieces. It's not like they don't have good players, but in the NBA, you need multiple dudes on your team that can go get buckets, and I think Pascal Siakam is is one of those guys. So you put him with with Tyrese Halliburton, and then the rest of their role players like Obi Toppin and like a Buddy Hield or whoever. Um, they're they're a good team. I think they're they're a well rounded team. Um, and again, I'm not saying I'm not crowning them NBA champions or anything, but I do think that um they are you know one of the I don't know, maybe five best teams in the Eastern Conference if you add Pascal Siakam to them. So I'm excited to see what they can do for the rest of this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be fun to watch the Pacers. They're super fun team to watch a lot of young players um, that could continue to get better I think the only other thing I'll say about this trade is that some people might criticize it because they'll say well the Pacers aren't in really a position to be a contender why would you add Siakam what's kind of the point of that but I think if you're the Pacers you're a team that's in such a small market and I think when you're like going for other big stars who might become available which by the way I don't know which stars are going to become available soon um They're gonna be competing against teams like the Miami Heat or the Lakers or the Knicks, teams that, you know, probably are better markets that stars might have more of a likelihood of going to. If you're Indiana, I think taking Siakam here, who's, yeah, he's not a superstar, but he's still really good, number two, maybe number three. And ultimately, you're banking on Tyrese Halliburton becoming a absolute superstar. You're banking on that. If that doesn't happen, the Pacers will never win a championship. I think that's the reality. But if Halliburton does if he can become like a top five top 10 guy in the next three to five years then you know maybe may, maybe we're talking about something here so I think that's ultimately the way I think about it and I like the trade um a couple other quick things I'll talk about just some games that I wanted to mention um because looking at the standings uh we have the Clippers who have been a team who have been rising they're now for the four seed in the west they're a team that I think I have doubted. I think a lot of people have doubted. Mostly because of health reasons. And like, yeah, their guys are playing a lot of these games. Kawhi's playing, I think he's only missed maybe four or five games a season. Paul George, it's pretty similar. And Harden has looked good and he's shown a willingness to 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 play in like a very very much facilitator role. And it's gone well, despite um, you know, all of the red flags in his press conference when he first got there and stuff like that. But I want to talk about this this game quickly that I watched on uh, Tuesday, Clippers-Thunder. Uh, the Clippers won it 128-117. Uh, this is a game I really wanted to see because, number one, the Thunder never play on national TV. Uh, this was one opportunity to see them, so I was like, I'm watching this game. The other thing was, all right, the Clippers, are, is this actually a thing? If they're healthy, could they actually compete? Could they beat the Nuggets? Could they win a championship? Is this possible? Should I... Um, apologize should I take back what I said about doubting the Clippers and you know I will say they looked really good in this game they won the game obviously Paul George in particular was absolutely awesome he looked like prime Indiana Pacers Paul George he or OKC Paul George whatever version uh you like better he had 38 points, seven rebounds five assists he was incredible um he was the main standout and he pretty much took over the fourth quarter against this Thunder team I think the Clippers are in the mix. Um, I, ultimately, Denver is still the team to beat in the Western Conference. But I think you can make an argument they are number two if they're healthy. Um, and all, as always, that's just like a it's kind of like beating a dead horse. It's the big caveat. If the Clippers are healthy, it's like, will, will they actually be healthy? Will Kawhi actually play in all the playoff games? I don't know. We don't know. It hasn't happened in a few years um, where Kawhi's played in all of the, the playoff games. It hasn't happened since 2020 in the bubble. So we will see what happens. But I think that they're at least, uh, I would say, top four. Um, I think whether you take them or the t Wolves or them or uh, like the Phoenix Suns, who have also struggled, it's close. Um, but ultimately, I think they're probably third or fourth right now. Um, I think I'd put them fourth, actually, behind Phoenix and Minnesota. But they're still really good. Um, the only other thing was the Nuggets Celtics game, which was really good. Uh, the only reason I want to mention this game is cause this, there's a real possibility this can be a championship preview or it was Friday, my mistake. This might be a finals preview. Nuggets beat the Celtics one two, 100. Um, and this was a really competitive game. Sometimes I feel like you have these games in the NBA where it's like both teams are going all out cause they want to win this specific game, even though it's, a random regular season game in January. And that's what these teams did. Jamal Murray and Jokic were awesome. They beat the Celtics. Um, And yeah, I mean, it it was just an interesting game. I still think the Nuggets are, um, I don't know. I think because the Milwaukee thing's tricky and Milwaukee was my pick at the beginning of the season. I think it's so tough to separate those top three because I think those are the top three teams. I think it's Denver. Boston, Milwaukee, and I don't know what the order is right now. I think I'd probably say Denver's number one because of the Jokic factor, the fact that they've won it. I think I'd say Denver's number one, but it, it it's so close. It's so tough, and Boston's been awesome this year, obviously. But Denver gets the win here, so big win for them. Great game. Um, But Ben, uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention in the NBA? um anything on either of those games i want to talk that i mentioned or anything else
1: i mean that so that Celtics Denver game i didn't i didn't watch it but I, I saw highlights of it 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 felt like an nba finals game like that that seems like to me at least that seems like an awesome nba finals matchup that we could possibly get in june um again obviously the Celtics have been phenomenal at home their first loss at home all year um, and, the nugget, and the Nuggets are, are the Nuggets. They, again, they're the defending champs. They have, obviously, a, a, a superstar. And then they have Jamal Murray as well. So, um, two it, obviously, two awesome teams. I will say this, Trevor. Looking at, at, the, at the Western Conference standings, it... Are the Minnesota Timberwolves legit, Trevor? Like, I just don't. Are they legit? I mean, I know they have Anthony Edwards. I know they they have whoever, Carl Anthony Towns. But I don't know if I if I look at these standings and I see the Minnesota Timberwolves as the number one team in the Western Conference right now. I don't know how much I actually believe that if you were to play a seven-game series with them versus a team like the Nuggets, for example.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the biggest concern with Minnesota— it for me at least is when it gets to the playoffs What what's their like late game offense going to look like because their defense is fantastic i think they're number one in the nba in defense but their offensive numbers aren't exactly spectacular so it's really the late game offense i mean yeah they have anthony edwards they have carl anthony towns um but that's what i'm a little worried about and th- that's my main hesitation with the timberwolves is like that the offense, it's last two minutes you you're not getting out in transition. This is half court basketball. What kind of like sets can they run? How can they get open shots? Um, are they going to be able to score in in those crunch time situations? and i'm I'm not sure. I I mean that's one of the biggest reasons I still think Denver's ahead of them um, is because of that because Denver I don't I've seen them do it. I saw them do it in the playoffs last year. I think they can still do it. I don't care a ton about denver having some bad regular season outputs when i know what they can do in the playoffs so yeah that that's my hesitation with the timberwolves they are a very good team but it's that you know scoring in in crunch time really
1: i if you couldn't tell trevor i just wanted to get an excuse for you to say timberwolves because you don't say it correctly timberwolves wolves timber timberwolves if you want to call them the, Trevor, if they, I will, I will promise you this: if they win the NBA championship this year, I will call them the Timberwolves for the rest of my life in honor of you. I will. That is my promise uh, to you.
0: No, if they win the championship, I'll finally say it correctly. That's what I would say. Okay,
1: perfect. That's a deal. Deal. <laughs> You'll say it correctly, and I'll say it. I'll say it incorrectly. That's what we'll just flip. All
0: right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, I think we'll move to the NFL then. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about here. Obviously, someone to try to save. Um, a decent amount of time for it. Um, I guess we can go over last week's games quickly here, or, or at least the Sunday games, because we talked about the Saturday games already. Uh, the first one I think we have to mention is the Packers Cowboys. The Cowboys, they do it again. Like, they do it again. It happened again to Dak Prescott. It happened again to the Cowboys. Like, what What the heck, man? They're, and it's, it's. I'm not even a Cowboys fan. I Like, I, I shouldn't care. I don't really care. I sort of care, actually, because it's annoying. Um, I'm just glad I'm not a Cowboys fan, Ben. This is infuriating to, to watch if you're a Cowboys fan. How do you how do you sit through this? Because it's they were not a bad team. They were such a great team in the regular season. They were. They were a great team all regular season. They Yes, they had a couple bad games against the Niners and here and there. But they were a fantastic regular season team. And this is what happens. The past, like, three years in a row, this has happened. And I think this is the bas- biggest example of it because Dak Prescott, I mean, he threw for 36 touchdowns, had nine interceptions. He was incredible. He, I mean, he, there's a debate you can make that he's the MVP. I, I think it's Lamar because I think, you know, you can look beyond the stats. I think Lamar is more valuable than Dak. Um, but ultimately, Dak was at least top three in MVP. I, I'd put him number two in MVP voting. He was fantastic all season. So then, why do we get to the playoffs and he plays like crap? I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't understand it. Why is he throwing these terrible, inexcusable interceptions? Why, why are, why is he arguing with CD Lamb? Why is this happening? And, and yes, I'm putting all the focus on the offense. The defense was atrocious. They gave up 48 points, and I think that was the biggest problem with the Cowboys. But Dak could have played better. The offense could have played better, and it's just. Number one, a failure with Mike McCarthy. He's been bad, and they already, they've already said that they're bringing him back. I think that's stupid. I don't understand it. Um, he's just not a good enough coach to lead this team to a Super Bowl. And Dak Prescott might not be a good enough quarterback to lead this team because over and over again, he falls flat on his face in the playoffs after being such a good regular season quarterback. I just don't get it, Ben. I I think he's like the James Harden of the NFL. It, it's crazy. I I I don't know. But uh, what what were your thoughts on it, this? It's it's crazy how fast things can change
1: after a, a loss like that. I mean, I mean, people were talking about Dak Prescott as as you know MVP favorite, and he's having the best year of his career, which he was. He had a great year. I'm not saying that, but. <laughs> All of a sudden, you get embarrassed in the playoffs like that, and the score made it seem like it was closer than it was. I mean, they lost by sixteen points. It was not that close of the game at all. Um, and now, all of a sudden, Dak Prescott is being questioned. As it is, this is he the quarterback that can win you Like, is he the right guy for the job? Is is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is this who he is? Like, is he, are they ever gonna get past the divisional round with someone other or with Dak Prescott? So, it's just crazy how how fast a, a narrative of a season can change after a performance like that. Um, and Trevor, you say like you know, you can't imagine Cowboys fans going through this kind of stuff. Cowboys fans are the reason why this is funny every year because all year long, I gotta hear about how great they are and how they're America's team and all this and in reality, Trevor, for being honest, I don't even know any cowboys fans really, so it's not like I have to deal with it as much as I do other teams, but um, it's just the the whole aura of the Cowboys organization and how this year you got i mean Trevor, you were hyping up hyping them up a lot this year, and every right to be i mean they 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 were in the regular season, they were an awesome team. But for whatever reason, Trevor, you always got to remember, they are the Purdue basketball of of the NFL. It doesn't matter. They could go 17-0, but I promise you they're not getting to the NFC Championship game. It won't happen. They, they are incapable of an organization as, of you know having any sort of real success. They can win all the regular season games they want. Go for it. You win as much as you want, Cowboys Cowboys fans. You guys celebrate as much as you want. But I know at the end of the day, when we get to the end of January, we're, we're getting to the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys are never going to be there. And that's just the way it is. You can, you can keep Mike McCarthy there another year if you want. You can go and get whoever you want. all right. But we know for a fact that the Cowboys are incapable of winning championships other than your precious little NFC East championship. You can have it all you want. But if we're talking real championships over here. The Cowboys, for whatever reason, uh, just fail to get it done. And I, it will continue to be hilarious every year that it happens.
0: Oh, man. it's uh, I don't know. I just uh, watching the game. It was like he was wild uh to see uh we didn't even really talk about the Packers side of it Jordan Love was fantastic well I guess we'll talk more about the Packers and Jordan Love because I think he's really been just a I think this is kind of the coming out party for Jordan Love regardless of how it ended I think it's the coming out party he was incredible in that Cowboys game uh but I guess we'll go to you know another game um I mean we could talk about Lions and Rams uh Ben what did you think about this game because you obviously watched uh the majority I think you watched pretty much this entire game I I missed a decent amount of it so what did you think about the Lions Rams game
1: it was an awesome game awesome game I think I mean you and Brandon were both very high on the Rams you guys both picked them to win um it was it was it was it was close it really could have gone either way obviously a one-point game um I it the the Lions the Lions are good I'm not saying they're not good but they have issues it's not like they're they're a phenomenal team their defense has major issues Um, and Matthew Stafford exploited, obviously Puka Nakua had a fantastic game. I think the Lions' secondary is not fantastic by any means. And there's, you can win, you can win despite those things. I'm just saying, especially when you get down to this time of year, when every, every team has good players all around. Um, it's definitely an issue to look out for if you're the Detroit Lions, but, um, a, a good game. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the city of Detroit. I'm happy for Lions fans. Uh, first home, you know, first playoff game they've won in 31 years or whatever it is. Um, just insane amount of money that they're spending on these tickets. They got eleven hundred dollars average ticket cost for their game this weekend in the divisional round. So, um, it's it's a cool story. Obviously, it's it's hard to hate Lions fans unless you're a fan of another NFC North team. It's really really hard to hate um the Lions and and what Dan Campbell's doing and what what Jared Goff is doing. Obviously, Dan Campbell has a lot of haters. One of them are on this podcast. Brandon is a huge, or at least he was two years ago, huge hater of Dan Campbell, saying that Dan Dan Campbell's antics and his whole his whole stick is not gonna doesn't work in the NFL and it's not gonna be successful and I'd love to hear Brandon's opinion on Dan Campbell now because I would imagine it's changed a little bit because um, those those players play play hard for him so um, cool story again cool story fun to watch uh, we'll we'll see how far the Lions can go again I'm not crowning them NFL champions by any mean, but um, they are absolutely a threat to win to win this this conference and get to the Super Bowl for sure
0: yeah definitely a fun story uh, really good game there I mean the Rams. Uh, ultimately they lose here it kind of stinks because it did feel like that the rams are one of the best four teams i think in the in the NFC playoffs i mean the buccaneers get he- through here because they get the they played the eagles but i think the eagles and bucks i don't think either of those teams were necessarily top four i think the rams were probably in that top four but regardless i guess we could touch on the eagles bucks game quickly uh, although i think in the game itself there's not a ton to talk about it's more about like what happens with the Eagles now? Because the Bucks destroy them 32-9. Baker Mayfield, another really solid game. Three touchdowns. He's really looked really good. Um, and this Eagles team now, just like how far they have fallen, how quickly it's happened. I think they were like 10-1 and at one point in the regular season. Then they lose like six of their last seven games, I think it is. So I don't know. There's a lot of questions about the Eagles. What happens to them now? Uh, they made the switch with their defensive coordinator. They went to Matt Patricia. Obviously, that was not a good decision. Is Sirianni on the ropes? Is there a chance that he could be fired? Um, I don't know. It it it's so tricky because it just feels like this all happened so fast. I mean, just a couple months ago, everything was going really well for the Eagles, despite the fact that yeah, they were they were winning games. They were close, um, but they regardless they were winning. So, what do you think about this Eagle situation now, Ben? I mean, what kind of where do they go from here? Uh, they're they're in some
1: trouble just because it seems like' and in, in the way their season ended and it's hard when when you lose like that um uh, it's it's easy when you're winning when you're winning it's super easy um the The locker room's always always in a good mood when you're winning, right, but when you start losing like that through adversity, I think it shows a lot about the the type of people that you have in that locker room, and it seems like when the Eagles get down when they were going through their their struggle the last month and a half or so of the year. There was a lot of finger point, pointing. there was a lot of negative energy in that locker room, and I think it, it shows a lot about the type of players that you have on that team. Um, and Nick Sirianni, I think, had, had his hands full with, with managing that locker room because you had people like A.J. Brown that were not happy at all about what was going on, and he had issues all year with his teammates and, and the coaching staff and things like that. Um, and Jalen Hirsch just wasn't good. He just was not good down the stretch of this season at all. I mean, he was an MB- MVP favorite going into this year, and he looked good at the beginning of the year. I think he obviously had some ling- lingering injuries throughout the year, but um, he just was was really really bad down the stretch of this this season. So, just it, really really crazy season for the Eagles. I mean, again, we were we were sitting there and whatever it was November, saying how this team is the best team in the NFL by far. They're ten and one or whatever they were, and. I mean they finished as just an awful team. It was like it was like a slow motion car crash. Like you just you knew it was going to end in disaster. I think a lot of people assumed that they would lose this game to the Bucks even though they they probably should know. I mean the Bucks are in the <laughs> NFC South who who has been terrible all year and the Eagles were the best team in the NFL 2 months ago. So um it kind of just shows like if you if you stumble into the playoffs, I think a lot of times you have trouble winning a game because it's all about playing your best football at, at you know in December to end out the year and the Eagles were not doing that. So um, I don't want to call it a surprising end of their season, but I mean the way they looked in that playoff game against the Bucs, they it they were it seemed like they were dead before the game even started. um they had a lot of issues. it just seemed like those players were were exhausted. they had a long season and um Baker mayfield was just the, the better quarterback in that game, honestly
0: yeah, absolutely um just very interesting again. We'll see what happens in the season with the Eagles um Ben, do you want to touch on this Bill's game? Is it even worth talking about? No, <laughs> you
1: mean the Bills Steelers game? No.
0: Yeah, the Bills Steelers. Game. I mean,
1: the, the Bills were the better team. It, honestly, I'm surprised it was as close as it was because it was 21 nothing at one point. And the the Steelers do what the Steelers do, and they they're always in these games that they have no business being in. Um, but the Bills are the better team. The Steelers, again, a playoff team, but they're not a fun team to watch. Just uh, every game that they play is an ugly game, and this game was no different
0: yeah yeah i I feel the same way. Um, we'll get to yesterday's games. uh Ravens Texans We'll start with uh that was the first game. Lamar Jackson was just absolutely sensational. He was awesome yesterday, four total touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. I mean, he averaged nine yards per carry. He had a hundred rushing yards in a playoff game that's pretty wild, um you know, very accurate in in the air, and yeah, it started a little bumpy. It was ten to ten at one point. But, I mean, you know, there were special teams things happening. Uh, You know, the Texans made a few good stops. They held the Ravens to a field goal on that first drive. So, like, it was, you know, it it felt like, yeah, this game's close right now. It's 10-10. But it's like the Ravens are going to, they're going to find the momentum here. Eventually, they're going to get a good drive. They're going to start putting things together. And I felt like the degree of difficulty for the Texans, it was like, there needs to be a ton of things that go right for them. Number one, CJ Stroud has to be incredible. He has to play a near perfect game. Um, They can't have any penalties, which they had plenty of those. And they need like the Ravens to mess up. They need Lamar to give them something like they they need a Lamar fumble where he's a little careless. They need um, like a missed field goal, uh, a special teams touchdown. Like they need a lot of weird things to happen for them to win. And that obviously didn't happen. It kind of went the opposite way because they had all those penalties um, was one of the big things, and the Ravens didn't really make mistakes. But yeah, I mean, the Ravens were the better team. This wasn't too surprising for me. 34-10, they win, Um, and, and just a, a really good win by the Ravens. I mean, continuing where they left off in the regular season, because I think that's one of the things that people would mention is like, oh, the the whole rust thing, are the Ravens going to— um, are they gonna look like a different team in the playoffs? But no, they looked like the Ravens. They continue the momentum and uh yeah, that's that's really they, they continue marching on as they uh have been doing. They look really good.
1: Yeah, I mean you you wouldn't be able to tell that most of those starters had two weeks off. They looked fantastic yesterday. First half a little rusty, a little rusty in the first half. Um, Lamar Jackson got, got a lot of you know, a lot of pressure. Or he was pressured a lot in that first half. There was there was that one driver that I think they got two or three sacks in a row on him, but um obviously second half Ravens much better team. And this 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 game wasn't close. I I didn't think this game would be all all that close, but I didn't think it'd be a 24-point blow. I thought it'd be more like 14 to 17 points. Uh, I think the line was around 10 points, but and the Ravens are a really good team and that second half Lamar had all day sitting back in the pocket doing whatever. He looked like freaking Tom Brady back there Trevor. He could have he could have read a sat down and read a book in that pocket. Um and obviously even even when the pocket breaks down, typically Lamar Jackson is able to get out of it and use his legs, so I mean, he's a really good quarterback. They're a really good team. I've been saying it since, like, November. I think there's no way they don't win the Super Bowl, and I'm trying to jinx them, but honestly, I think they're just too good to be jinxed at this point. Uh, they're, they're, they're a really good team. They're well-rounded. That, that front seven on their defense is phenomenal. The secondary played great yesterday, and um, they made C.J. Stroud honestly look like a rookie, and he hasn't looked like a rookie a whole lot this year, but yeah, yesterday he did. I think he, he, he rushed some plays. He didn't look all that sharp, and I don't know if that's so much of C.J. Stroud as much as it is, as it is uh, credit to the Ravens' defense. They were, they were great.
0: Yeah, I I think it's more credit to the Ravens defense. Um, I I just think it's like it was so difficult for him with all the pressure, and uh, I mean the Ravens, you know, front line was good. Their secondary is really good, obviously. So it makes it I don't know. It makes it really tough. Um, but yeah, those those are kind of uh I guess that's the Ravens game. Uh, let's move on to the Niners Packers game, which was a really good game. Um, overall, I mean, I guess part of it was a little underwhelming because of the weather and it was low scoring early but it did end up having a really good ending i thought um in in that it was close and we saw a game-winning drive the niners end up winning this game and there was a point there where i was like i i think the packers got this i think they are gonna win um they're like mid fourth quarter and then you know the niners have their opportunity with the game-winning drive um and despite uh Brock Purdy playing bad and he did play bad I'll admit it you know I I'm I'm a Brock Purdy supporter but he looked like crap this game uh the rain was a factor but despite all that he did have a good uh game winning drive there you know the receivers got open he was making good throws and they made it happen in that last drive and then obviously we see you know well before that we saw uh Carlson miss the field goal which ends up being really really important obviously because it would have been a tie game it would have been an, an, he probably would have won in overtime but then Jordan Love he tries to force a couple things he forces that last throw um and it's just tough i mean this Niners defense is really good i thought despite that honestly like Jordan Love's stats might not show it but i think like given the circumstances given that like this Niners defense is really good they were getting some pressure on him uh their linebacker their linebackers are obviously really good i think he actually played pretty well um or at least better than most quarterbacks would So despite the two interceptions, despite how the game ended, I was really impressed by Jordan Love. Um, But yeah, the the Niners do hold on. They they looked vulnerable, but I think that the Niners ultimately were the better team. They won for a reason, and it wasn't clearly their best game of the season. And I think that, you know, we'll see what happens next week, regardless of who they play. Um, But I think next week we could very easily, you know, walk away from it with a Niners blowout and we could say, well, the Niners just, they just played a bad game against the Packers, but now they're back on track. They beat the lions by 17 or the bucks by 21, whatever the result is. And we can walk into the super bowl with like, Oh, we have a really good matchup here. So I don't know. We will see what happens, but what were some of your thoughts on this game, Ben?
1: Yeah. Ugly game, especially in the first half. I mean, it was like six to seven at halftime, just a disgusting game. And the weather probably played a part in that, but I mean, credit to the 49ers. They did what what a lot of people, including Brandon, said they can't do, and they they played from behind. They obviously had that that game winning drive down there at the end, score with a minute left or whatever it was. And yeah, Brock Purdy wasn't good, but um, that last drive, he did what he had to do. Brock Purdy and everybody. I mean, this is not this is no secret. I think this is pretty common knowledge. But Brock Purdy doesn't have to be fantastic. He doesn't have to throw for 300 yards every game. All he's got to do is take care of the ball and, and get the ball to his weapons. He's got a lot of weapons. Christian McCaffrey, obviously being the best weapon in the NFL. So if he's able to do that, which he was on that last drive, able to get your, get to get the ball to McCaffrey and get the ball to Kittle and and Brandon Ayuk and whoever, um, they 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 are going to see a lot of success in these football games and and obviously they they had success when it counted the most yesterday. So credit to the 49ers. and honestly credit to the Packers, seven seed going in there to the uh, to the number one seed in the NFC. Terrible weather conditions um, and the Packers. I mean they were driving there at the end with thirty seconds left and Jordan Love makes one of very few bad mistakes that he's made uh, in these playoffs, and he throws, a, he throws a bad pick there, and the game's over. But this game could have easily gone to overtime. The Packers were, were threatening to get into field goal range. Um, so uh, good game. It ended up being a good game. Again, at halftime, I'm sitting there like, this game's gross. It's disgusting. The weather stinks. It's low scoring. It ended up being a, an entertaining second half and an entertaining playoff game. Uh, and the 49ers advance, and that's all you can hope for in these playoff games is it doesn't matter how you win. You just got to survive and advance, and that's what they were able to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That brings me to a question I wanted to ask you, Ben, because I was thinking about this last night as I was watching you know, these games. Who has impressed you more this season? Bo- both quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love. I think they both had really good showings. C.J. Stroud was a rookie. Jordan Love wasn't technically a rookie, but this was his first full season playing. So who impressed you more this season, C.J. Stroud or Jordan Love? So this is tough because... I've seen more of CJ Stroud this year. I really haven't watched any Jordan Love
1: until yesterday. I just haven't, I haven't watched any Packers games really. So the easy thing for me to say is CJ Stroud. And I think CJ Stroud's getting more attention this year because he is a, a rookie. Um, but Jordan Love for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I know there's a lot of benefit of, of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years, which is what he's done. Um, but this is his first year as, as a starting quarterback in the NFL, which is very, very different than watching from the sideline. Um, so I, it, for me, I feel like it, I need to give the advantage to CJ Stroud just because, again, CJ Stroud it is literally his first year in the NFL. He's learning these things on the fly in training camp. Jordan Love is able to sit back and watch one of the best quarterbacks ever, in Aaron Rodgers, for a few years. Um, but they're both having they they both had great years. I mean, I think obviously both teams. I don't think either team had super high expectations this year, the Packers or the Texans. I mean, the Texans had two top three picks last year um, in the NFL draft, so obviously successful years for both. But just because. I've seen C.J. Stroud more, and he is a true rookie. It is, it is, it is literally his first year in the NFL. I, I think I'd have to give um, the, the slight advantage to C.J. Stroud, but this is also me saying this with no knowledge on their stats. I have no idea what their stats are compared to each other. Um, I'm just basing it off of what I've seen with my own two eyes. So I would, I would give the advantage to C.J. Stroud, but I do like Jordan Love. I've been impressed with what he's done. Uh, I think he'll be the quarterback in Green Bay for a long time.
0: Yeah, so I mean obviously I asked this question cuz I was it was very tough for me to to figure out the answer. Um but I was I was looking at the stats. Um Jordan Love, I think I think there's more volume. I think their their offense has been a more explosive offense this season. So like Jordan Love, he threw 32 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions. Yeah. He had uh just over 4100 yards um and then 64% completion percentage. C.J. Stroud also at like 64% completion percentage, slightly over 4,100 yards as well. I think Jordan Love has like 51 more yards than him on the entire season, more passing yards, so very close. But then he only has 23 touchdowns, but also only five interceptions. So I I think my ultimate conclusion is that uh, I think C.J. Stroud is less prone to make bad mistakes. I think he's a little bit smarter. I think he's, despite the fact that he's the rookie and Jordan Love's at least had time to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, it feels like CJ Stroud's a little more poised and a little more, uh, just a little more aware, a little bit smarter. But I think Jordan Love, I think the arm talent, I I don't know, It's, it's tough. To me, when I watch them, it seems like Jordan Love has a little bit more arm strength it seems like he has the ability to make those great throws. Although I say that, CJ Stroud made some great throws against the Browns, so it's kind of difficult to say that, but I think I ultimately lean CJ Stroud as well. Um but it's very close. I think just the you know, it's and again, Jordan Love, it's not like he's making a ton of mistakes. He you know, yes, he had the one at the end of the game, but overall he's looked really good. I just think that CJ Stroud overall takes care of the football a little bit better. And I think that's a, a slight difference. So Eileen, CJ Stroud, I was even looking at uh, Steven Ruiz from The Ringer makes these QB rankings every week, which um, I, have, I have a love-hate relationship with them because he's very low on certain quarterbacks that I like. One of them is Joe Burrow. Um, so I'm, I'm a what little mad at Stephen. Why is he so low on Joe for Burrow? Being, that seems rude. I'm, I'm mad at him for being low on Joe Burrow. However, he has CJ Stroud number 11 in his rankings and Jordan Love number 12. So he has them back to back, with Stroud getting the edge there, and I think that's about what I would say as well. And honestly, I might have them both a little bit higher than that. I might have them both top ten, but I think it's uh, close there. So I wanted to ask that. The other thing I wanted to say is now, as we get to today, we have Bills Chiefs, we have Lions Bucks. Um, Bills Chiefs in particular, really good game. I think it's gonna be close. Um. And then Lions-Bucks. I mean, the Lions, I think, are going to win. But uh, I guess you never know. But but my question was this, Ben. And you can talk about who you think is going to win these games. But what I'm really focused on is who's going to be the better matchup for the Ravens? Is it going to be the Bills or the Chiefs? Which team is more equipped to slow down Lamar and beat the Ravens?
1: So it, it's hard for me not to say the Chiefs just because it's the Chiefs. And I know that they haven't been great this year. But it's still Patrick Mahomes, um, and 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 the Bills have the Bills have had their issues in the playoffs. I mean, they they obviously have never gotten past the Chiefs in the playoffs. They they struggled against the Bengals last year in the playoffs. Um, so I I don't I, this is a hard question because I think both teams are good. Both teams have obviously weapons on both sides. Um, but if I had to pick, I would say the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs one would get better pass rush on Lamar Jackson, which is not easy to do in general. But Chris Jones, I think. Obviously, it um it, it had better opportunity to get pressure on Lamar Jackson than than uh than anyone that the Bills have. Um, the issue is that the Chiefs' receivers are have been terrible this year, and the the um Ravens' secondary has been fantastic this year. Um, but Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs again, I think it's it's hard not to say um that Patrick Mahomes would would give the Chiefs a chance to win that game even if it's on the road and we've never seen a Patrick Mahomes road playoff game until today so i have no idea maybe he looks terrible today and the the bills win by a bunch but um if if i had to pick again i'm just going to pick the team that i that has won in this position before they've been there many many times and i'd say the chiefs
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it's the Chiefs, and it comes down to which defense is more likely to slow down the Ravens' offense, and I think that's definitely the Chiefs' defense. Um, I think their defense has been better um, overall this year, and we've seen Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, give other quarterbacks trouble before in the playoffs, whereas the Bills' defense in the playoffs usually just shrinks and becomes terrible. Like, even if it's like last year, they were really good in the regular season, and then it just kind of uh, fell apart a little bit, I would say, in the playoffs, and that's what has happened multiple times with the Bills in the playoffs. So th- there's just a trust factor there that ultimately I lean more toward the Chiefs. I get that when you look at the other side of the ball, it's like, well, how are how is how are the Chiefs going to have success in the passing game when their receiving core sucks and the the Ravens' uh, secondary is bad. My my answer would actually be uh, number one. Patrick Mahomes runs a lot more in the playoffs yeah. and I think his ability to run the ball and scramble, which he doesn't really do a lot in regular season because obviously he wants to stay healthy. There's that element to it. The other element is that I think Isaiah Pacheco is really freaking good. And I think that they can actually have success running the ball against the Ravens. If they put a lot of focus on it, if they prioritize it, which I think they should do if they beat Buffalo, they should put a lot of emphasis on it against the Ravens so that they can try to establish the run and and then maybe with how great Patrick Mahomes is, maybe he can figure out a way to, uh, you know, put his receivers in good positions. And ultimately they can have one really like Rasheed Rice, who's had some good games here. Like, could he just have a really good game against the Ravens and step up in the biggest moment? It, like it's possible. And then Travis Kelsey, who I don't think has been as good this year, obviously, but he still has done it. He's still proven it. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bet against him necessarily. So I think it's the Chiefs for all those reasons. Um, and I think the Chiefs are going to win today, Ben. I, I don't know what you think, but I do think uh, that the Chiefs are going to win today.
1: Again, it's it's hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes. The only issue is, we've again, we've never seen him on the road. Um, but the Chiefs have seemingly gotten the better of the Bills every time they play in the playoffs. Um, the Bills have won the regular season matchups at times, but in the playoffs, it seems like the Chiefs just always find a way to win and and I think Andy Reid is obviously the better coach in this matchup. I mean, Sean McDermott's a good coach, but Andy Reid's a, a fantastic coach. I think a lot of times coaching plays a big impact in these playoff games because the talent on the field is very, very similar. Um, so I, I think I have to give the credit to the Chiefs. I expect the Chiefs to win. Um, despite being on the road for the first time, I, I, I think that, again, they just have players that have been there before. They, they know how to win. Regardless of where it's being played, they know how to win. They know what it takes. Um, And again, it's, it's, it's just so hard. Given everything that we've seen about Patrick Mahomes, it's very, very hard to ever count him out. Um, So until, until I see it happen, until I see Patrick Mahomes lose the road playoff game, I'm just going to assume that, that he's able to win it. So I I will pick the Chiefs, but I'm excited for the game. I think it's going to be an awesome matchup.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here with Bucks Lions um, quickly. I I think the Lions are going to win. They've been the better team all season. Yeah. Tampa had a really good showing against the Eagles. But it, the Eagles were clearly not the same team. Um, I I think the Lions are the better team. Jared Goff has been pretty solid all season, um, for the most part. Um, and he had a pretty solid game against the Rams. I expect him to have a good day against Tampa, and uh, I I think they'll get the win. I I do. Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, again, it's it's hard not to uh hard not to pick the Lions. I I think most people expect the Lions to win. I expect the Lions to win. Bucks are fine. they again they're a good story, but they got lucky. They played a an Eagles team that had, had pretty much already lost their season. Um, and they're an NFC South team and I refuse to have any faith in an NFC South team. If the Bucs were playing anyone other than the Eagles in the playoffs, I don't think they would have won. So um good for the Bucs winning a playoff game, but I think uh, I think there were road ends here. I, I would expect the Lions as the better team at home in front of, you know, crazy fan base to to get the job done and get to the NFC championship game next week.
0: Yeah, should be should be a good. Well, hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully it's not a blowout. Hopefully we get two really good games. I think the Bills and the Chiefs, I, I, I think it's almost guaranteed to be a good game. Like, how is how is this game not going to be good is what I would say. And I know that's like a I'm kind, maybe I'm jinxing it here, Ben. But Bills <laughs> Chiefs, when they play, it's almost always good. And yeah. I just don't see any possibility that it's a blowout.
1: No, I mean, it, again, just both teams have a bunch of talent. Yeah, these these games always seem to be fantastic. Um, I, I think I think most people would expect a, a close game, and I again I'm not trying to jinx either Trevor, but I would I would fully expect this game to be a one score game in the fourth quarter, which is what we all want to see as fans.
0: Yeah, yep, I I agree a hundred percent should be good, and I'm very excited for both games today. Yeah, um, all right,
1: Trevor, I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll stop talking, we'll wrap it up there. Solid hour though, Trevor. We we were saying how this might be a shorter podcast, and it doesn't matter. We always find a way to talk for an hour about sports, so nothing different here. Um, but again, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. Make sure you check out the smallballers.com for any anything that we feel like posting on there. Um, but with that being said, thank you
0: all so much for listening and we will see you next time. Go Falcons.